What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. I'm David Brody. Thanks for being here. It's Friday, May 28, 2021. A big Senate vote today on whether to proceed to a debate on the January 6th commission. Democrats needed 60 votes to proceed. They came up six votes short. They got 54 votes. By the way, 11 senators, many Republicans, didn't even show up for the vote. Bottom line is this. Any congressional commission right now to study January 6th is effectively over. More in a moment. Also today, the Biden budget. Folks, it's uh, busting at the seams with trillions of dollars and a liberal smorgasbord of ideas. It's like your worst Karl Marx AOC Venezuela dream all combined together. Uh, Will Biden's budget dream, though, become reality? We will discuss. And later, uh, this is crazy train stuff, folks. An eighth grade teacher in the Oregon public school system caught on a Zoom call warning other teachers that you better become anti-racist or you'll be fired. What the what? Wokeness run amok. We will play the clip in its entirety. But first, the January 6th commission vote, it failed today, came up six votes short. We should point out that six Senate Republicans did indeed vote for debate to go forward. They were Rob Portman, Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, Ben Sass, Bill Cassidy, and yes, you know who I'm going to say, Mitt Romney. Here's Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer this morning on the Senate floor, absolutely tearing into Republicans and former President Trump over this commission vote. This commission is desperately needed. What has been perpetrated by President Trump over the last several months is the big lie. The big lie that the elections were fixed, that he is rightfully president. Nothing is more corrosive to our democracy than a view that elections are not on the level. Yet that has been propagated by Donald Trump and many of his allies. A commission can get to the bottom of this in a clear way. It is a bipartisan commission. It is down a middle commission. There was significant Republican input by the Republican leader in the House and the ranking member of the relevant, the Republican ranking member of the relevant committee. So this is right down the middle. If our Republican friends vote against this, I would ask them, what are you afraid of? The truth? Are you afraid that Donald Trump's big lie will be dispelled? Are you afraid that all of the misinformation that is poured out will be rebutted by a bipartisan down-the-middle commission? This is about a democracy. This is about the future of our democracy. The big lie has eroded that democracy. And we must do everything we can to rebut it. This is not a Democratic or Republican obligation. This is an American obligation. Our democracy, our beautiful, more than two-century-old democracy, is at more risk because of the lies that have been perpetrated by President Trump and his allies than it has been in a very long time. And this commission is a great antidote 
to that. All right, let's get some reaction to the commission vote in today's Biden budget unveiling. Back with us on the water cooler, the president, or excuse me, the former president, Trump's uh, budget director, Russ Vogt, who now heads up the Center for Renewing America. Russ, great to see you, sir. Thanks for having me on, David. Well, I should say on the phone at least. Uh, first on the January 6th commission, uh, Russ, Democrats are painting the GOP as a party that blocked the truth from coming out. I want to get your reaction to today's commission vote. I'm glad it was blocked. You know, hearing Senator Schumer's comments, and in my mind, you know, it's interesting. All that's about what happened in the election, which is one of the things that we've been trying to get to the bottom of. That's not what this commission is about. This is about relitigating and investigating the events of January 6th. We have umpteen law enforcement agencies doing exactly that. We've had situations across the country over the last year or so of of, of violence in our cities, and we have not taken that and, and used that as an opportunity to say we need to get to the bottom of that uh, as, a, as a joint commission in Congress. No, we've let a law enforcement do that. I wish they would do more of it, quite frankly, but we've let law enforcement do that, and we're not going to allow a joint committee to, to have subpoena power to just continue this political charade into the next several months. All right, so this is what it's really about, this, this idea that the Democrats would have really would control the staffing on a lot of this stuff if it was a commission. Correct. I mean, the subpoena power and, and the ability to, you know, haul mm -hmm. someone who came to the Capitol and was there for, you know, five minutes and, and had no part of going into the, the, the Capitol uh, when the doors were shut. You know, look, does that person need to have uh, come before Congress? I mean, I think there's, this, is, this has the great potential to to demonize a lot of people who are just hardworking Americans who had concerns with the last election and came to D.C. Uh, to, to raise their concerns. For sure. Russ, I know we have limited time with you. I, I quickly want to get to the budget. Uh, look, you, you can go on forever about this, but this feels, I mean, I, well, I'm, I don't want to give you my analysis on it because I want to hear your analysis as to what you make of this, what, $6 trillion budget? I mean, this, this, is, this seems like out of control stuff. Yeah, I think two main points. Number one, it doubled down on cradle-to-grave government with an, with an added aspect of, of wokeism in a way that, you know, this isn't your parents' uh, cradle-to-grave government budget. And so um, it's, gonna, it's not something we can afford. But I think what's interesting, the timing of it is um, this is something that you would have seen in the campaign. This is something you might have seen in the transition. But this, we now have evidence of interest rates going up in the 10-year treasuries. We now have evidence that it's not just me talking about inflation being a problem in January. We now have inflation. It's, uh, you know, it, just as today is one of the, 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 the largest jumps since 1992. So inflation is a problem. This is not theoretical anymore. Instead of recalibrating their spending and fiscal plans, they just double down on all of the old plans that they did. And I think that's one reason why it's coming on a Friday before Memorial Day weekend. These things are normally rolled out on a Monday or Tuesday uh, so that they can really get out and explain it. I don't think they want to explain the bad news in this one. Russ, just a quick follow-up on the wokeism. What do you mean by wokeism as it relates to the budget, just so I understand what you're saying? You know, when you tease us, you're going to be talking about this uh, eighth-grade teacher. Yeah. You, the debate now is no longer just about do we give dollars and cents in the Department of Education. So if we're going to increase the Department of Education by 20, 30, or 40 percent, mm -hmm. that's not just about whether the federal government can afford it or not. It's about what that is going to be used to, to teach. And in this case, it's going to be money flowing to educational bureaucrats that tell other teachers that if they don't get on board critical race theory, they're going to be fired. And so – 
government is, is, is increasingly not just big but coercive in, in getting in the midst of Americans and dividing them on the base of the, the leftist ideological agendas. Yeah, and just so I understand, uh, and last question, I know you got to run, but uh, as it relates to the fact that the, the, they've got the White House, Democrats have the White House, the House, and the Senate, normally a budget pro this is a budget proposal, uh, and, the, and then there's tinkering. Uh, I'm assuming they'll still be tinkering here, but at the same time, this has a real chance of being, uh, becoming law, right, if, if Democrats want to play hardball here. They could, particularly if they're aligned. Now, this uh, is a proposal. It has to get passed into individual bills. Mm -hmm. They have to get through the Senate. The Senate has a 60-vote a, a point, point of order. Um, so there's a lot of work to do. And if Republicans hold tight, they can really block most of this uh, from becoming law. Uh, and Democrats have not shown an ability right now to be able to get the 60 votes that they need on some of the main pillars of the spending program that contain tax increases as well to be able to do it on their own. But we'll see. Um, I'm hoping it falls apart. All right. Uh, Russ Vogt, former uh, budget director for Donald Trump and the uh, president there of Center for Renewing America. Really appreciate your time, Russ. Thanks for sticking with us. You bet. All right. Uh, Russ Vogt here on the uh, water cooler. And look, uh, I want to show you actually a New York Post headline that kind of sums it up here. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader, actually said uh, that Biden's budget proposal sounds <laughs> sounds like Venezuela or Cuba. And that's pretty much what Russ was saying. I mean, you're talking about six trillion dollars. It's uh, uh, I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, that that is we're talking FDR type money uh, per capita, if you will, even worse than that. So uh, or more than that, I should say. So 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 this is clearly uh, out of control. The, the question really is is always with the Democrats. And the question is always, are they going to rush this through? When I say rush it through, are they going to push it through on budget reconciliation? Now, the budget themselves, they can't necessarily push through on budget reconciliation, but they can take parts of the budget and push it through. So, for example, we already know that the COVID economic stimulus plan that they put that they pushed uh, first what was it two trillion I've got my trillions all confused it was a couple trillions of dollars they did that on budget reconciliation and now we're into this uh, infrastructure bill that we've heard so much about which by the way we're going to talk with Dave Bratt about here in a moment in the next segment uh, we're actually going to talk to him down at Liberty University about this because Democrats here uh, pretty much have the upper hand they can push the infrastructure bill this two trillion infrastructure uh, bill on budget reconciliation rules if they want to. Now, they're trying to reach a negotiation with the Republicans. Remember, the Republicans started out at $500 billion. They're up to now $1 trillion. The Biden administration's at $1.7 trillion. So the question is, can they work out a deal? But let's remember, folks, what we're talking about here. That money, that $1 trillion Republican proposal, the $1.7 trillion by the Biden administration, that is just for traditional infrastructure. We're not talking about all the social programs that the Democrats want to do. The Democrats can use budget reconciliation for that, and that's where the rubber, I think, will meet the road. We'll talk more about it with Dave Bratt when we come back. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back to 
to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, Joe Biden uh, was in Cleveland on Thursday talking about, uh, oh, goodness gracious, talking about dollars, the economy, and how government's your friend and can help you, and just trust the government. I don't know why I'm talking like that. But anyhow, uh, here's a little bit of Joe Biden. Uh, and boy, I tell you what, it's like, uh, uh, this is weird. Here it is. We've turned the tide on the once-in-a-century pandemic. We've turned the tide on a once-in-a-generation economic crisis. And families are beginning to be able to breathe just a little bit easier. We still have work to do, but our future today is as bright and as wide open as it ever has been. And now we're faced with a question. What kind of economy are we going to build for tomorrow? What are we going to do? I believe this is our moment to rebuild an economy from the bottom up and the middle out, not a trickle-down economy from the very wealthy. That has never benefited people who are at this college or any other place where they're trying to make a living. To build an economy that rewards work, not just wealth, an economy that works for the backbone of this country, the people who get up every single day, work hard, raise their families, pay their taxes, serve their country, volunteer in their communities, just looking for a little bit of breathing room. My dad used to say, just a little bit of breathing room, honey. And Tim has heard me say this a thousand times. My dad used to say, Joey, a job's about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. It's about your place in the community. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye and say, honey, it's going to be okay. The last few months have demonstrated what that economy can look like. Joey, my dad used to say, Joey, look, here's the thing, um, real quick. That was an economic prompter speech. You, he just put stuff on prompter and it's like, what was it? It was a bunch of gobbledygook. Can we bring in Dave Pratt? Uh, Dave, did I say Pratt? <laughs> Dave Bratt, <laughs> Dean of the School of Business at Liberty University. Dave, that, I mean, I'm sorry. That was straight up gobbledygook. What, yeah. what is he talking about? It was, I, I mean, it was just so, it was like 47 years in the Senate. It was like a Senate speech. Yeah, well, unfortunately, they're good at the uh, mechanics. You know, he's got a, some blue-collar machinery behind him, the American flag, and he's talking about from the, the bottom up, uh, which misses the point that uh, he, with the shutdowns, everything just destroyed small business. And he's funded by big tech. The biggest six firms in our country are bigger than all the European firms together. Uh, and what he misses, it's not just about hard work and values and all those things, which I love. Uh, people, young kids, uh, worked hard all through human history. Uh, the Greeks had markets. Uh, there's been markets up through Italy, et cetera, but they did not have the market system. We did not get rich until 1800, it's a hockey stick. All of human history, people lived at $500 a year until 1800, boom. Why is that? Because of Adam Smith and the free market economy. We chose the market. It's a social choice, a political choice that has to be made that you allow free markets to work and the price system, not governments. All of human history has been run by governments, by dictators, by tyrants. For all human history, the kids worked hard, right? Make bricks without straw. Yeah. Uh, it's brutal. Uh, it teaches values, it teaches discipline, but if you don't have the free market system, uh, you're not gonna get rich. And we're in the process of destroying the free market system as we know it by uh, ever expanding regulatory burdens, 
uh, intrusion of the federal government into every part of our life, about uh, $30 trillion in debt now, uh, $7 trillion in the Federal Reserve uh, system. It's just all funny money, and we're, we're losing the free market system, uh, and, and the signs are going to show quickly. It's coming up. So what are those signs, Dave? What, 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 how is this going to end? What's the, what's the big concern? What's the uh, cataclysmic ending here if it continues yeah. this way? Well, you just see when the trillions, uh, when, when all these new green initiatives and all this have to go through the swamp, uh, under Trump uh, was the first time, and I, I don't think this is by accident, that uh, high school wage rates uh, went up. Uh, folks without college degrees, the first time. In 40 years, uh, folks with less than a college degree, their wage rates went up. Now, what does it look like? Uh, you're going to see big government grow, grow, grow. And what that means is the cronies up here and the lawyers and the special interests all get richer. And then they use the language that they care about the middle class. And it's a bottom up. But all the action, all the budget numbers, uh, how much of the budget numbers, right? I, I think he's proposing a six trillion dollar budget it used yeah. to be four trillion with a built-in trillion deficit now it'll be six trillion with a built-in three trillion dollar deficit per year and how much of that's going to the poor to the poorest of the poor he's just talking none of it's true yeah yeah for sure hey i gotta get your reaction to what elizabeth warren said the other day uh she kind of let the cat out of the bag she talked about in essence how a pandemic has really been a benefit to them because now they can push all their economic uh, mumbo jumbo. She basically said it. Uh, here she is saying it. Have a look. We were in a crisis before the pandemic hit. It only got worse during the pandemic. This is our chance to expand our idea of what infrastructure means. <laughs> Whoops. She said the quiet part out loud, Dave. Yeah. No, it, uh, it, it, there's no uh, mystery anymore. They, they've told us. Uh, this is going to be central government-run United States of America, mm. and uh, Obama, you know, said we're going to, you know, remake America, and and he he didn't quite pull it off. He mm -hmm. he had the common sense to know politically he was going to run into a brick wall at some point, uh, like the Democrats just did when they started riots in all the major uh, American cities, and now people are finally getting their backbone and some courage back. Uh, to speak up against it. And I think there's going to be just a huge backlash at the uh, at the polls coming up in 2022. Yeah. Uh, thank goodness, uh, because we we were in, in grave danger. Uh, our foreign policy, the world's laughing at us. China's laughing at us mm -hmm. uh, on the policies that are being enacted right now, uh, making us weak. Uh, our economy is, is, is a facade. And, and I wish Pennsylvania Joe would come back. Right. The guy who used to care and talk about the average Joe in, in Pennsylvania, he's nowhere to be seen. He's pro China. And that's the surest thing that's going to decimate yeah. the wage rates of you and your family. Dave Bratt, Pennsylvania Joe. Got to like that. Uh, Dave yeah. Bratt, have a great Memorial Day weekend. Really appreciate you here. Always being on the water cooler. We, we love you. Hey, love you back. Thanks, David. God bless. All right, Dave. Appreciate it. <laughs> Pennsylvania Joe. Hey, that sounds like a song. By the way, uh, Democrats, they, they, what they did with the pandemic as it relates to the economy, did the same thing when it came to the 2020 election. They took the pandemic and said, hmm, I have an idea. Absentee ballots for everyone. It's like Oprah. You get a car. You get a car. You get a ballot. You get a ballot. Back in a moment. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. 
Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. And by the way, welcome to 2021 as we continue to cover, wait for it, the 2020, <laughs> the 2020 election. That's right. We're still covering the 2020 election. And boy, am I glad we are there. I said it. I don't care. Look, folks, in Georgia, we've got more activity and fallout from the presidential election. So now Fulton County election officials, they were told by a judge that they have to allow access and review to roughly like 145,000 ballots or so. These are absentee ballots. Well, county officials decided to fight the ruling. And at this point, it looks like we have a delay after a judge down there postponed the whole thing. Anyhow, my head is spinning. Let's get some more details from the dogged, determined. I have so many other adjectives, and they're all good. Heather Mullins with Real America's Voice. Heather, what can you tell us there from Atlanta, Georgia? Well, David, as you can see behind me, State Farm Arena, which many consider the scene of the crime, right? The absentee ballots in question that a judge in this county, Fulton County, unsealed were the very ballots that were seen being scanned in at 1 o'clock in the morning at State Farm Arena after observers were told to go home at around 10.30 p.m. Now, what I can tell you is John Solomon, through a FOIA request, actually obtained emails from uh, Fulton County election officials that basically indicated they did send observers home around 10:30. Associated Press and media that night also reported observers scanning absentee ballots were sent home. But for whatever reason, until one o'clock in the morning, footage showed several people scanning in ballots here. Those ballots were about to be forensically examined. In fact, today, the reason I'm here was because the plaintiffs in that case, their attorneys were supposed to be meeting with the Fulton County officials to decide how that was going to proceed forward at the warehouse storing the ballots. So they, we, what we do know is they're going to have to do it at the warehouse. The judge did not approve transporting the ballots. So today they were supposed to be figuring out the logistics. But unfortunately, two days ago, the Fulton County Board of Registration and Elections, who's now a party in this case as of April 21st, because they're needed in order to access the ballots by Georgia law, uh, they are now represented by two of Georgia's top criminal defense attorneys. And these two attorneys, David, let me tell you, specialize in white collar crime. So huh. if that's not a red flag, I don't know what is. Heather, here's something they, can, they, the other side, if you will, can never answer. What are they so afraid of? I mean, why not just let this go through? What's the big deal? Why are we fighting transparency? It's unbelievable. No, absolutely. And you know what? The audit I was just covering in New Hampshire, very transparent. This one, anything but. In fact, now this is what Georgians are dealing with, right? Their taxpayers paid for an election that they're wanting to audit. And now their taxpayers are also paying for criminal defense attorneys to represent the town to try to stop the audit. I mean, so this is something out of a movie, David. It really makes no sense whatsoever. And People are not happy about it. In fact, what was supposed to be taking place today is now getting pushed out. And I'm told by uh, by plaintiffs that they're not returning to court until June 21st now. 
Yeah, I was just about to ask you the time frame. So, so that seems to indicate that this thing is going to be dragged out for a while. So then the question becomes, do we really expect this to actually happen? Is there any way to kind of game this out and whether or not these absentee ballots are, are actually going to be, uh, you know, in essence, audited and, and counted again? You know, the, the judge in this case is is treading very carefully. He's been a very good judge. Uh, he understands that this needs to happen. Uh, what I am told by attorneys that I know here in Georgia is that the two that were hired by the Fulton County Board, Board of Registration Elections are very top notch attorneys. In fact, one of them, Donald Samuel, was ranked num in the top 10 in the entire state and actually ranks nationwide. I mean, this guy has had a long record of representing very high profile, not so good people. In fact, Ray Lewis of the Baltimore Raven Ravens, he was co-counsel for in a double murder charge. That's just the tip of the iceberg of what this attorney's done, including teaching a white-collar criminal defense course at Georgia State University. I mean, this guy is no small fry, David, and he's he's going to be a big thorn in the plaintiffs right now, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Heather, give us a sense. You've been in New Hampshire. You're down in Georgia. You've covered both, and you've covered, obviously, so many other uh, different states and different factions of this or what's going on. G give us an overall feeling of the sentiment by voters in these states. Is there a common theme exactly? Because the media loves to spin this as like, oh, it's just Donald Trump stoking it all up. And these are just sheep. They just listen to Trump and they just go along because they just love their Donald J. Trump. That's all it is. That's what the media thinks this is all about. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I'm seeing I'm seeing some stuff like that on both sides, right? Even when I was covering the New Hampshire audit, uh, there was a lot of skepticism on the audit team. A lot of people that sort of were going into it distrusting the auditors to begin with, so they weren't really accepting the outcome of the information no matter what. Uh, so I am seeing sort of some side, like biases on both sides here. Uh, that's why I feel like it's so important that we continue to watch these things closely. We continue to cover it. You know, what happened in New Hampshire is very different than what's going on here in Georgia. New Hampshire, we know now that it was folds in ballots that were causing the machines to, to misread the ballots. Uh, here in Georgia, this is something else. I mean, we're, we're talking possible corruption now because we have on record members of Fulton County election officials telling observers to go home, the media corroborating that, and, and yet we had scanning up until 1 o'clock in the morning. That's not okay, and we need to get to the bottom of it, David. Well, and you mentioned Fulton County, and the last time I checked, oh, look behind you, there's Atlanta. I mean, this, is, this could be a potential game changer here if they discover something that's gone haywire and corrupt. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know who won't be missing the story is CNN because their building is literally right next to State Farm <laughs> Arena. So if they're not covering it, there's a problem there. Uh, but we're going to keep eyes on the ground here. You know, there's no telling what's going to happen. I know there's going to be a lot of paperwork filed in the coming week regarding accessing this ballot. We could see emergency motions filed by the plaintiffs to try to expedite the process, uh, but we won't know until it happens, but I'll be sure to keep you guys posted. All right, Heather Mullins, uh, appreciate you uh, there in Fulton County, there in Atlanta. Uh, watch out for the humidity. I, I hope it becomes a good hair day for you. So far, so good, but you never know down in Hotlanta. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. All right, uh, yes, Heather sure. Mullins there in, in Atlanta. And, and look, uh, folks, uh, this is serious stuff. Uh, and Heather Mullins is teaching us a lot of lessons. Uh, you know, we, we talk about citizen journalism, right? Okay, she's a reporter for Real America's Voice. 
Uh, but the last time I checked, let me see. Oh, she has an iPhone. And guess what? So do you. And the point is, when it comes to citizen journalism, that's what you need nowadays. You go around with your iPhone and you document what's happening. That, you gotta hold folks accountable. You gotta be legal, but you gotta hold folks accountable too. Back in a moment. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Look, there's a lot of excitement about Memorial Day weekend. Maybe you're going to the beach, having a barbecue with friends and family. Maybe you're just excited about not having to go to work on Monday. Personally, I'm excited about overeating this weekend. Can't wait for that. Uh, so email us what your Memorial Day plans are. Uh, go to the water cooler at justthenews.com. That's where you get us, the water cooler at justthenews.com. We want to know what you're up to. But folks, it's important to remember that the reason we celebrate the holidays is, of course, to honor the men and women who lost their lives while serving our great country. Their sacrifice and bravery allow both you and I to live freely. So take a moment, please, over the weekend to remember our nation's heroes. Now, one year ago today, Taya Kyle, the widow of Chris Kyle from American Sniper fame, uh, teamed up with entrepreneur and journalist Angela Blair to launch a new line of jewelry products. It's called Warrior Collections. They did it in honor of our nation's fallen troops and Chris Kyle's legacy. But rather than have a Memorial Day sale like most stores have, uh, Taya and Angela are actually launching an important campaign to remember and talk about our fallen heroes, especially on this Memorial Day weekend. So I want to bring in uh, uh, Taya Kyle and Angela Blair now to talk more about this. Ladies, thanks for being here on The Water Cooler. Thank you thanks for having us. In tandem, too. Hey, Angela, let me start out with you first. Tell us about Warrior Collections, what you're hoping to accomplish here. Yeah, well, we are just so excited to celebrate our one-year anniversary. As you so well said, um, we launched this in honor of Chris, but really just taking that warrior spirit. I think when we all hear the word warrior, we picture like gladiator or Sparta, but we kind of want to take that word and help people realize that we all have a warrior inside of us and we all have battles that we face. And so we kind of want to take the word warrior and help awaken everyone's warrior spirit through each piece that we sell. So we're really excited. We've launched um, six unique pieces. There's Marcus Luttrell there, one of Taya's good friends, wearing one of our tags. And we're just so excited to really talk about things that matter and things of the heart. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Taya, tell, tell me about this. This is obviously personal for you. What, what, what has this been like, this, this effort, and, and how important this is really to, to our, our veterans out there? Yeah, I mean, I think the bottom line is that, like Angela said, we see people on the battlefield and we think that's a warrior. But the truth is they have a lot of fighting to do on the home front and in their homes for their spiritual life. Seeing evil day in and day out is not easy, right? And so I think the true warrior spirit that we need to really not just survive, but thrive 
is that access to God. It's the access to knowing that he's the beginning, he's the end. This life is temporary. That's the whole logo of Warrior Spirit. It's a backward B, forward E for beginning and end. And I think we all need to remember it's a spiritual battle. We're here on mission. No, you're absolutely right. And just, uh, uh, Taya, to follow up on that, and the, 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 the spirit of God that we, we hear so much about, especially in the military, it's so important to military families. I'm wondering if you can talk about that a little bit, too. Yeah, I think you have to know when you see some things that are really horrific. I mean, when we talk about war, I think the thing that people don't realize is we're talking about crimes against children that are hard to fathom. I mean, really, people burning the eyes of children with cigarettes is not uncommon overseas when you talk about terrorists. That's horrifying. How do you look at the world and think that there's a God when you see that? And I think that's what the warrior spirit is all about, is knowing that it is a spiritual battle. We do have good and evil and that we have to just continue fighting for good. Also, the fact is when we lose somebody, Memorial Day weekend is a perfect time to talk about that. How do you get through that loss? For me, it's God. God is the one. And I think it breaks his heart when he sees these horrible things. When we lose our warriors, I think it breaks God's heart. And he says that while evil may have an act, he has multiple acts of good to bring through it. That's our job, to stay focused on our faith. For sure. Angela, how can people get more information about Warrior Collections? What, what can people do to kind of help the, help the veterans, help the people serving our country uh, and, and are very much uh, in need right now? Yeah, so we are online at warriorcollections.com, and you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Tay and I do these things called Warrior Talks, which is really fun and interesting because people tune in with live questions, and we just talk about different life subjects each month, so follow us on Warrior Collections. Mm -hmm. And tell me, Angela, was there a a reason that you wanted to, I mean, what's what's kind of motivating you here? I mean, uh, Taya talked about the the God aspect. I know your faith, obviously, very, very important to you. So maybe you can kind of chime in a little bit about that aspect to it, because it does seem like that's what's driving uh, this. That's that's the warrior name, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I really believe what we wear can say what we stand for. It can speak volumes. And I I really believe faith is a personal thing, but it should never be private. And so whenever I met Taya, I just felt like our love of um, God and we kind of created this sister-like bond, just how can we create tangible items that can really be a ministry tool that people can wear to encourage themselves, but also to be a ministry tool to share faith and deepen a bond with people in your life. For sure. And Taya, uh, as we wrap up here, I've got to tell you that, you know, it's amazing how life brings you out so many twists and turns and wondering what Chris would think of, of, of something like this and, and what's happened since then uh, to be able to do all of this and, you know, to take a tragedy and turn it into something that just benefits so many others. And it's more than just benefiting veterans, but it's just it, it's really biblical in nature. Yeah, and I think, David, I wanted to thank you, too, because I I try not to speak for Chris, so I do know from his past that what you said about Memorial Day would have been really important to him. The fact that you said, hey, what are you doing to celebrate Memorial Day and to enjoy your family, but what are you doing to also remember those who have fallen? And just from his perspective, he said it a number of times, and I lived it with him. We went to a cemetery. We took our time. Even if it was a cemetery where we didn't know somebody, we went there. We prayed over some people who had fought in different battles, and then you know, we, we literally shed some tears and prayed with our kids. And then we went out and we enjoyed the freedoms 
that those guys fought for. So there's a combination there. I don't think it's supposed to be an all sad day. And I don't think it's supposed to be an all celebratory day. It's like, go pay your respects, remember, and then celebrate what they fought for, because that's why they did it. They want us to enjoy it. Oh, 100% agree with that. Couldn't have said it better myself. And I didn't say it, you did. So perfect. Uh, <laughs> Taya Kyle and Angela Blair, really appreciate you both being on the show today. Thanks so much and have a great Memorial Day weekend. Thank you, you too. All right, uh, great stuff. And by the way, uh, I tell you what, we always talk about freedom, right? I mean, Republicans, conservatives, and okay, liberals, whatever. But let's just <laughs> let's just talk about Republicans and conservatives. They love to talk about freedom, a hundred percent true. But let's also remember, we know where the freedom comes from. Number one, comes from God, and of course, the veterans that protect us every single day, and those that die for our country. We've got to remember, it goes hand in hand. It's all together. When we come back, the last sip, we're going to talk about an Oregon teacher gone totally woke. We're back in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Time for Ba-Boom. Why do we do a sound effect? Ba-Boom, the last sip. Wokeness is out of control. Yeah, we know this. Here in Oregon, uh, woke Oregon teacher, is it Oregon, Oregon, whatever, teacher warns colleagues they'll be fired if they don't come to the light and become anti-racist. Wait, hold on. What? What is happening here? Well, there was a Zoom, there was a Zoom call, there were a bunch of teachers on it. This eighth grade humanities teacher said these remarks. If you don't believe me, we've got them. Crazy train, take one. Here it is. Catherine Watkins, eighth grade humanities teacher at Cedar Park Middle School, and my pronouns are she, her, we, and us. Um, I'm going to say something that's not nice and not sweet, but it's true. If you're not evolving into an anti-racist educator, you're making yourself obsolete in this field of profession. Um, our district is only getting browner and browner with our children, and so if you know, obviously you can't change your melanin, all right? But you can change your mind so that you can actually function in a, a district that is full of BIPOC children. So if you're being resistant, I understand that, but you're gonna have to eventually come to the light because if you're going to keep with those old views of um, colonialism, um, it's gonna lead to being fired because you're gonna be doing damage to our children um, trauma. And so as we fire the teachers who sexually abuse our children, we will be firing the, the teachers who do racist things to our children and traumatize them. And while our district might not be completely on there, OEA, um, OEA is working on it. All right. NEA is working on it. And so it's just a matter of time. So it's like you either evolve or dissolve. You've got to start walking with us. That's scary, downright scary. Eighth grade teacher in an Oregon public school saying this, you have to make sure you're not anti-racist. Are you kidding me? I'll, I'll be honest with you, out of everything I've seen today, that might be the scariest thing I've seen today 
Uh, I know it's it's I know it's early, but the, that is a real problem. And parents, you better get wise. You better go to the school boards. You better get active in the PTA. I'm telling you. And by the way, real quick, on a separate note, she was talking about pronouns. What was she talking about? What were her pronouns? I don't. Know. Here are my three pronouns, by the way, from a narcissistic narcissistic perspective. Here are my three pronouns. Ready? Me, myself, and I. <laughs> Thank you very much. Back in a moment. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. I got to tell you, I like meat and I like potatoes. And I like news that's meat and potatoes. So therefore, Joe Weber joins us now with the meat and potatoes uh, portion of the show. He is the news editor at JustTheNews.com. I like Joe. I like meat and potatoes. So what a perfect combination. Joe, take it away. Now that a hot dog on Memorial Day, I just wanted to point that out. So the big news today, obviously, is that the Senate Republicans managed to defeat in a procedural vote the Democrat-controlled uh, bill to have a January 6th commission. Uh, some of the interesting things, nine members, Republicans voted no vote, uh, Richard Burr, uh, Roy Blunt, and uh, Shelby from Alabama. What's interesting about that, I think, is that... Uh, these guys aren't up for re-election, and usually you let it fly. You don't do the no vote thing on that. Now, there were six members, Republicans, who voted against it. Uh, Toomey is notable because uh, he was on the fence. One thing that's interesting, Lisa Murkowski yesterday talked about how uh, Republicans were not going to vote for this, and that was just seeking short-term political gains. And um, I don't know. From the seats where I'm sitting, I'd want to make a case for the fact that you know sometimes this short-term political gains is maligned because— if you don't vote for the legislation that you want because you're afraid that it's going to hurt you in the elections, then, you know, your party just doesn't win and they don't get to be the majority of a particular chamber. And then you don't let, get to, allowed to set the legislation or things that are going to be subpoenaed or who's going to come to testify for you. So sometimes short political gains really sort of a misnomer, a bit maligned. And um, I want to point out one other thing. Can I give you a quick weather forecast Please. for the holiday Rain's going to be rainy and overcast at the beach, and that's sad. But I want to point out something to you that might just be a bit of a silver lining because as we're talking to people, merchants, restaurant owners, and stuff like that in the store that we're going to come out for this weekend, they're still having a lot of trouble finding people. So it might just be a good idea to have a bit of a trial run here. One other thing that's interesting that you're yeah. hearing emergency restaurant people is that people say, hey, look, you know what? I already have this pretty good unemployment insurance. I'll work under the table for you. This kind of spells doom. We take a look at maybe now we're not getting the right. um, taxes for this and the idea of insurance and you fall, you break your leg and not working. Something to be careful of and watch out for, I think, in the next couple of weeks and months. Good to know. Meteorologist uh, Joe Weber uh, joining That's us. Me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joe. <laughs> Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Thank you, sir. Enjoy the rain at the beach. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to have a great Memorial Day weekend. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going for three burgers. Uh, three hot dogs, maybe not within a 24-hour period. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. See you next week. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.